This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you to the Warning Television Program. I just returned, frankly, from a 25-state-plus tour, six weeks, and we saw the move of God in such wonderful ways. You know, God is alive. God is real. I did miss here at World Ministries International. We usually do a Seder at that time and the Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits. We discuss it. We teach it. I missed all of that because I was conducting ourselves, so to speak, in reality, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, and Pentecost. And we saw miracles. We saw demons screaming and coming out. But here I want to just summarize it quickly. Our staff and I, after this service, we're going to still celebrate a Seder, which is a beautiful occasion of just remembering the miracles of God, how he brought his people out of Egypt. Tremendous truths. And all of us should remember these miracles. We celebrate the Feast of the Lord So much differently than the Orthodox Jews who don't recognize the Messiah, we do. And all of the feasts talk about Jesus Christ. They all do. The first four feasts have come to pass. You know, Passover. Jesus was our Passover lamb. Unleavened bread. Jesus came to remove sin. First fruits. Jesus rose from the dead. That's why we don't have to be afraid of dying. And Pentecost. That's why we just moved in the power of God in these 25 states. All of it, Jesus has fulfilled already and given you and I that opportunity to have our sins forgiven, to have our sins removed, to know that we're born again and we can never die and we live appropriately in that understanding. And then we can move with power and authority. All of that is there. The fall feast, trumpets, atonement, and tabernacles are about to happen again. All deals with Jesus Christ. You know, the trumpet of the Lord, he comes back. And the dead in Christ rise, okay, the trumpets in atonement. He is the rock of our salvation. He's the man of war. Everything that happens in Revelation, he returns and fights his enemies. And two billion people will die that he engages with as far as fighting him and his church. Tabernacles, he will tabernacle with us forever and ever and ever. I can't wait for the second coming, amen? I can't wait for these three fall feasts to be complete. I can't wait. The states I came from, nice, Hawaii nice, nothing compared to heaven. I might start a Hawaii ministry. I know who I would send there to represent me. But uh, that's for another day. And But uh, okay, let's get into Passover. Jesus' blood, justification. We know the historical background of Passover. You know, it represents unleavened bread and first fruits. 
God commanded Moses to lead the Hebrews out of bondage. And he did that. And God worked through Moses. God works through you and I today. We are his ambassadors. If we're going to say peace, it's going to be through you and I. Obviously, the third person of the Trinity, God gave us that commandment. He said, go tarry and don't even try to do my will until you operate with my authority, until you're baptized. So I am doing it now through you. But you now are opening your mouth and I will make it happen. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's Pentecost. The Passover was to be a memorial to the Hebrews for the deliverance from Egypt, from Egypt, like Purim, a memorial. If you understand, God delivered his people from destruction and used Esther and uh, Haman died on his own gallows. Well, we've got some Hamans right now in the United States and let them be seen for who they are, the traitors they are. Let them die on their own gallows. We've got some Hamans today in the United States. Right at the very top. White House, Congress, need I say more? God gave Pharaoh every chance to let the Hebrews go, but Pharaoh would not yield. God is giving us chances in America today. The science of judgment. That's what people are preaching and warning. If people fail to take heed, judgment will happen. But he's giving us every chance. Pharaoh did not listen to the chances. And what happened? It increased. It increased. It increased. And if we don't listen to God... Troubles increase upon us. That's the science of judgment. If you don't know what I'm talking about, telephone 360-629-5248 and order my book, The Science of Judgment. It's happening right now in the United States. It happens all over the world. So God gave Pharaoh every chance to let his people go. And then, after all of the plagues, he gave Pharaoh the tenth and final plague which was the result of the death of the firstborn of every family, Exodus 11. You know, grace is time given when the Spirit's in the body to get right with God. If we fail when the Spirit's in the body in our lifetime, grace ends. Now it's eternal judgment. People are under grace. Thank God for grace. We all love grace. But we need to get right with God before the Spirit leaves the body because there's no more grace then. Also, the word of God, Jesus comes back as the judge. There is no more grace. He judges you if you haven't come under the blood. If you didn't go under the blood in the 10th plague and stayed inside under the blood, you also died like the Egyptians, the firstborn. We got to get under the blood. You have to get right with God. Again, the reality of Passover, unleavened bread, allow our sins to be removed and work toward that. It's called sanctification, but we have to engage in it. We have to allow the word and spirit to convict us, to show us our weaknesses, our sins, and to repent. You know, we can be repenting of one thing or another the rest of our life. Unless you're a perfect husband or a perfect wife. Do you ever get a little short with your husband or wife? Well, if you do, I'm seeing some heads. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you repent, don't we? Don't we repent? If we don't repent... It goes a lot more serious than a little tension. It goes into separation or divorce. we got to repent. And I believe in that saying, <laughs> don't let this, your, your, you know, your, the sun go down on your wrath. Repent before you go to bed and then have a good old kiss. You know, kiss and make up. Praise God. I'm really a romantic. See, I, I, I don't like war. I like love. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Right, Scott? We're, amen? We're lovers, not fighters. Amen. Okay, praise the Lord. You could read about these things in Exodus 12, 1 through 14, as well as 43 through 48. 
Every man was to select a lamb without spot or blemish. Without spot or blemish. And Jesus fulfilled all of this. And we're going to discuss a little bit of it. But again, these three feasts. Now, Pentecost is not today, but we'll discuss it later. You were supposed to select a lamb on the 10th day of the month. He was to be observed this lamb for five days to make sure nothing was wrong with him. Well, Jesus was observed for those five days. They judged him. They asked him every sort of question they could, trying to trick him. And he passed it off. There could be no fault, spot or blemish found in the lamb. We know that the lambs and the goats and the bullocks and and the doves and everything that people used to sacrifice to cover their sins was only until the perfect sacrifice, the Messiah, came. The Jews knew this. But when he came, many of them didn't recognize him. Or accept him as the true final sacrifice. Well, we do. That's why we don't sacrifice goats anymore. Or cows or doves or anything. Pigeons. Because we do recognize that he was the perfect sacrifice. And that's the importance of it. On the fifth day, he was to bring the lamb to the doorstep and kill that lamb. As he killed the animal, he would catch the blood in the basin at the front of the doorstep. Then he would sprinkle the blood on both sides of the doorstep and above the doorpost. Thus, the entire entrance into the house was covered by the blood of the Lamb. Okay, we need to have the blood of Jesus all over us and all through us, and so there is nothing there for the enemy to attack. I gave a testimony to my staff that the last five days, you know, I've been attacked, I've been sick and everything else. And and so I, I said, God, is there anything there? I checked my emotions, checked everything. My wife and I prayed. We had communion, and I had a couple other people in the church pray for us. Why? Because that is very biblical. I just came off six solid weeks, got back, and in the same very day, within even 30 minutes, I was back in the office. And I was gone each and every day. I'm talking about all day, long hours. And so I sat back and said, you know, I think maybe I pushed too hard. (laughs) So I tried to, you know, I still haven't taken any days off, but I mellowed back and, okay, God, heal my emotions. Amen? But I'm going to take a day off. I think we'll go to the zoo. You like that? My wife, she, she's from Africa. She says, who cares about the zoo? I see, I see real things. But, uh, but anyway, uh, we did get a pass. And, and so we can go there and, and our little boy. And I love to see God's creations. I myself, I never get tired of it. Never get tired of it. I loved your pictures on, on those fish. Did you get to eat some of them? Did you bring me something back? You didn't think of your pastor. Okay. Oh, you thought of your mother. <laughs> the pastor first fruits ties but anyway uh, no. <laughs> well that'll work that'll work but uh, no, I'm just teasing I just tease this guy but uh, he's a fisherman he loves to catch fish in Hawaii and I like watching the pictures I love all of these things I love animals I don't care what they are I just love wildlife God created them all I love it whether it's fish or hunting or whatever God created them for our pleasure for us to use in the sustain of our own bodies, etc. And so uh, I enjoyed watching those colorful fish. On the evening of the 14th, as we already mentioned, that the Hebrew day begins in the evening at 6 o'clock. The Hebrews killed the lambs at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on the 14th in order to eat this meal by 6 o'clock. Why am I going over this? We didn't take time to read the scriptures because of the time allotted today. But Jesus fulfilled it all exactly 
as it was taught for all of these thousands of years. He fulfilled it exactly. Incredible. You couldn't do it if you planned it out. But according to the instructions, the entire lamb was to be roasted and consumed, nothing left over. We're supposed to consume the word of God. We're supposed to chase after Jesus Christ. He's supposed to be the lover of our life so we can move with that power and authority that we're talking about. I did at least 12 weeks on the movers and shakers of the great first and second awakening, and they chased after God. They consumed God. And that's what he wants from us. He wants us to consume him, right? Just like if you have a good marriage, your husband or wife wants me, I would want my wife. If I was my wife, I'd want my husband to consume me, to love me, to respect me, to cherish me, to trust me. Amen? Well, that's what Jesus wants. Literally, not mental assent. He wants it. And we must do it if we really want to move with his authority. And this talks about that, to consume every bit of it. Again, going right back to the Messiah, we're supposed to consume our relationship with God each and every day. As much as we can, we inhale God, the word of God, the spirit of God. We pray, we do all these things. So the entire lamb was to be roasted and consumed. After Seder today, we have a meal. There's going to be some lamb, and I'm going to consume a lot of that lamb. Believe me, I'm going to do a good job. <laughs> we have a good time celebrating the miracles of God. Past, present, and future. I talked about, before we came on air today, about the miracles in this six-week, 25-state tour. Miracles, like legs straightening out and demons. Miracles. Past, present, future. We remember the past to build our faith. We move in the present and we see the future and we move toward it. Because the greatest miracles are yet ahead of us in the book of Revelation. They're yet ahead of us. I want to be part of the greatest miracles. I mean, I see great things. I mean, it was wonderful to see some things we saw. But I want the greater miracles that yet is there, that Jesus said is coming. I want to be part of that. And I believe that's what Eagle Saving Nations is also all about. The blood was a seal protecting the people inside. Okay, Jesus' blood protects us from any attacks of the enemy. He can't defeat us. He cannot destroy us. Jesus' blood is there. We can use our weapons. We recognize that disease is from the devil. We don't cooperate it. We resist it. We fight it. Amen? Some people didn't understand this, and they needlessly died. Jesus is not the author of disease. The devil is. You've got to understand it's an enemy. Never give in to a, what could be your miracle. Again, last week, I spoke on Miracle Stoppers. Look it up on my website and watch it. www.worldministries.org They used to kill the lamb right at their door, but now when the temple was built, instead of killing the lamb at the doorpost, the people would bring the lambs to Jerusalem and kill them at the temple. Okay, Jesus went to Jerusalem. He fulfilled prophecy. And that's why they all gathered at Jerusalem. And now Jesus fulfilled Passover. Passover is a time of great joy, praise, and adoration in the worship of God. It's a time of great joy and adoration. Okay. They reap their harvest. It's a time of joy. They're ready now to plant for the next harvest. It's a time of joy and adoration. A celebration. If you've ever been in Jerusalem during this time, it's happy. It's joyful. Just like we should be happy over our salvation. It should be joyful. We should be so happy about it. Amen? We should be happy. We have a living Savior, and He saved us, and we should be happy about that. Just like we should be happy over a good marriage. You happy about it? 
I heard one amen. I know we got one good marriage. Anybody else? Oh, a few others, a few others. Okay. Okay. Praise the Lord. Now, they would lead in great worship. Psalms 113 through 118. They began all singing the first line of each psalm. Then the Levites would sing the second line of each psalm, and the people would respond by saying, Hallelujah, or praise ye the Lord. I love worship. We have good worship here. The singing was accompanied by musical instruments, trumpets, harps, flutes, tambourines, the cymbals, and other instruments. So, you know, I've heard some people don't think music is of the Lord. You're supposed to be so pious. And that is not what I'm reading. Jesus created us with emotions to be happy. We're not talking about going into some orgy, the wrong emotions. We're talking about holy emotions, godly emotions. Instruments, trumpets, harps, flutes, tambourines, the cymbal, and other instruments. I love worship. I love worship. If you miss worship, you've missed something. I know sometimes when I go to speak in these venues and they want to put me in this back room and, you know, and they're trying to be respectful. And so keep me in the green room and this and that and wait till right before I preach to march me out. And I like to be part of worship. I say, let's go to the worship. I like to be out there. I like to be engaged. I don't want to just wait there. I'm not no movie star. I want to be involved in worshiping. I'm representing the king of kings. I don't need to march in some grand audience. I understand their motive is good. But I want to worship. We are called to worship. We need to be a part of worship. I love worship. I love worship here. I don't like to ever be late. Worship is so critical to our relationship with Jesus Christ. Worship, honor, serving him, sacrifice. All of that is worship. Anyway, that's a whole sermon in itself. Now, for 1,500 years, the Jews had celebrated the Feast of Passover by killing a lamb and offering it as a sacrifice to God. Now, God did raise up prophets to explain to the people that one day in the future, a human lamb would come who would deal with the problem of sin and death. They understood this. They were warned. They were taught. They understood it when Jesus rose up and said, He who drinks from me will never be thirsty. They understood it. They understood the scriptures, and he fulfilled it. The prophet Isaiah spoke of the suffering this human lamb would experience. He wrote very clearly and vividly Isaiah chapter 53. You can read it. At the time came for the human lamb to be sacrificed, God sent one last prophet to the people to recognize him. The prophet's name was? That's right, John the Baptist. The forerunner of Jesus, who introduced Jesus with these words, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John 1.29 The following day, John again saw Jesus, repeated the startling introduction. Behold the Lamb of God. That's John 1.36 So here this prophet, which so many of them recognize as a prophet, and they came all over the place to hear him. He's calling Jesus the Lamb of God. He's saying he's the Messiah. They knew it. You know, the world knows Jesus. They've heard of him. Many people in the church say Jesus is their God. Many people follow Jesus for the miracles, but they didn't serve Jesus. That's the difference. Mental assent. Mental assent. The demons know and fear. Satan knows Jesus is God, but he doesn't serve him. So you can go to church for 50 years and still be separated from God because you don't serve him. You have mental assent. You have to judge yourself and do it seriously. You're not fooling the pastor. You've got to fool God, and you're not going to fool him. You're not going to fool him. It's time we get right with God right now. 
you're not going to fool God. Let me tell you, when I got so sick just recently, I just, God, search me. Is there anything, anything, my emotions, anything that's not right? Because I'm not fooling God and I want a miracle. I just spoke on miracle stoppers the week before. Miracle stoppers. Why are our prayers not answered? Usually it's us. Why? I had to search my life and recognize a few things. I'm not Superman. My, my wife has said, you know, you're not Superman, John. In other words, I think she wants me sometimes to take it more easy. You think you're still in your prime? Well, I feel like I'm still in my prime. Although I look in the picture, she showed me a picture, a video of me about 36 years ago. When I look today, I know I'm not in my prime physically. In appearance, I mean, I had brown hair and more hair and whew, I was in good shape. And anyway, I'm not going any further with that. But uh, <laughs> I'm not in my prime. <laughs> I, it's not that I, I'm, I'm way, you know, I'm just nothing but a, a slotch or anything, you know, no, 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 I, I, but I'm not in my prime. So we need to be wise. There is a proper place for proper rest and uh, things like this. And so we've got to be wise or we need to repent. Repent is just change your ways. Because of the religious sacrifices, the Jews immediately understood what John was saying. Okay, Acts 2, 22 through 23. They recognize John is saying, hey, this is the Messiah. Jesus fulfilled the feast of Passover in his crucifixion. This was the reason that he was born. This is the reason he spent his entire life to fulfill his destiny. Exactly to fulfill what the Jews had been practicing with other animals for 1,500 years at that time. He deliberately knowing the prophecies, went to Jerusalem anyway, knowing they were going to kill him. Jesus knew they were going to kill him. He also knew why he came to earth, to die for our sins and give us eternal life. Only God could do it. The perfect sacrifice, the perfect lamb, he was it. Only God could do it. If he didn't do it, we all die in our sins without eternal life. He had to do it, and only he could do it. He knew the consequences, he knew the suffering, and he did it anyway. Many times in the Bible, other people knew what they were getting into. Right now, I knew if I was just going to be a simple pastor, no challenging words or anything, a lot more people would be happy with me. But if you're going to be an apostle and prophet, if you speak the truth, pastors should speak the truth, but a lot of times they compromise it. They still want the acclaim of men. They want to be popular. We got to love God more than be popular. Every one of us, we've got to love God more than be popular. If you want to survive, fine. You will survive and protect yourself in this life, but not in the next life. God will hold you accountable. Because he said, if they hate me, they'll hate you. So if you want to preserve your life and your reputation and everybody loves you, I don't think you're going to see God in eternity. Not if I understand what he's warning us about in the scriptures. We're supposed to, what does he say? Take up your cross. And the cross meant... You're going to death. You're dying. When the Romans made somebody pick up your cross, you know, they butchered thousands and hundreds of thousands of people on the cross. Pick up your cross. You're dying. When Jesus said, pick up your cross, he says, get ready to die for me, but don't deny me. Don't compromise to save your life. If you save your life, you'll lose it, Jesus said. But if you give it, you'll have eternal life. These are things that need to be preached and shouted. From every church venue across America and around the world. Because Jesus said, will I find faith? And there's such a heresy being preached behind the pulpits today. John 12, 1, we find Jesus came to the town of Bethany six days before Passover. 
And then John 12, 1, since Passover was celebrated on the 14th, Jesus came to Bethany on the 9th. And we know the story, how he was again tried and tempted. And they tried to search him for those five days, trick him in anything. That, and he came out perfectly without spot or wrinkle. He passed every test of man. And again, he was the only sacrifice that could give us eternal life. He met all of the prophecies. He met the conditions of God. And you and I now have eternal life if we accept him as Lord and Savior. John 19, 4, Pilate said, I find no fault in him. I find no fault in him. The perfect sacrifice. This all happened in the five-day period from the 10th to the 14th when the Jews were checking their lambs for sacrifice. I find no fault in him. Jesus bore our griefs, our sorrows. At three o'clock, as the people were praising God and slaughtering the lambs, Jesus died. Mark was careful to note the time and wrote it in the ninth hour. Jesus breathed his last breath, Mark 15, 33-37. His total life was consumed, given up for you and me. Let's give our life totally for Jesus. Let's give it all to him. Let's see another great awakening. Go to my website, www.worldministries.org. Eagle Saving Nations. Join today. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.